Welcome to the Leverage to Scale show. I'm Amber Vilhauer, founder and CEO of LeverageToScale.com, brought to you by NGNG Enterprises, standing for No Guts, No Glory. We work with purpose-driven business owners to develop their online platform and scale their influence. We believe that you have the opportunity to positively change the world one relationship at a time. Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Leverage to Scale podcast. I'm your host, Katie Priest, and I'm here today with Natasha Miller. Natasha, can you go ahead and tell us about who you are, what you do, and what your business is? Sure. Um, I live in San Francisco and I own an entertainment and event production company. Um, And we have had to pivot to virtual mostly. Uh, We also just opened a new marketing division as well. Uh, We host a variety show online um, every month. And so we're just busy keeping up with the newest and latest technologies. Yeah, I can imagine. So um, before we talk about current events, how did you start your business? What was the reason you got into it? I was um, in a past life a classically trained violinist and a jazz vocalist. And that's all I ever wanted to do was perform. And I was performing at a lot of private social and corporate events and ended up um, being kind of overbooked and having to potentially turn down business, which was not something that I was willing to do. So instead of telling a client, oh, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm booked on that Friday, I would bring in another group that was just as, you know, just like me or better and manage them. And so I sort of organically and accidentally started entire productions. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, it's so amazing that you, your skill like got you so much business that you started bringing other people in to grow essentially your own business. In that, you know, growing your own business organically, really, every kind of entrepreneur has that like moment where you're like, wow, like this really started as like this one thing that was just me on my own. And now it's come to like this amazing point. Did you have that moment? I had it in increments and in phases. So for the first good 10 years, it was just me and maybe an intern or a part-time person and some contractors. Um, As of last year, we had 12 employees. Um, So it definitely started to grow into a more sophisticated business in about 2009 when I uh, rebranded and relaunched. And then about five years ago, um, after I got done doing the Goldman Sachs 10K SB course, that really kind of ignited a feeling of growth and um, scaling that I wanted to do for the company that I actually never had thought of before. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's like really cool. And I, I didn't even realize you were doing it for so long. Like, I think that's amazing that you've been able to keep it going for so long. And so now I have to ask you, what keeps you motivated to keep doing this for such a long time? You know, I mean, every day is with what we do because what we do is um, for entertainment production, that means exactly um, a client like Salesforce or Apple will be having a big event. And maybe we're, we don't, we're not planning that event necessarily. And they need entertainment. So they need anywhere from junglers to aerialists, a dance band, a DJ, There's so many different options. And so no two days are alike. 
And now since, um, you know, we're doing virtual, there's a lot of learning curve. There's a lot of education that we have to go through. So that's also exciting. And um, it just keeps me really engaged. Yeah. I think as I guess, you know, with your type of job, it's still always ever changing. And so it kind of keeps it always like kind of fun and new, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So I'm going to pivot from the fun stuff real fast. I'm going to ask you about hard moments and challenging moments in growing a business. And have, can you tell us about some of those and like how you've overcome them? Yeah, I would say before um, this pandemic happened, my biggest challenge was in hiring and managing employees. Um, I'm not great at that. It's not my strongest suit. I'm getting better at it. Um, But it's definitely a skill and a passion that other people have. So as my company grows and scales, I would be looking to have somebody in that expert position to do that for the company instead of me. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's one of the hardest things is trying to grow a team, especially growing a team that maybe has the same vision as you. Has there been any teaching moments in this time? You know, we kind of did talk about hiring, but... (laughs) Listen, there are learning and teachable moments pretty much every day um, on how to handle clients, how to handle um, expectations, how to handle personalities. Um, But since COVID, um, the big teachable moment is that even though it was just horrendous and, of course, for the public, you know, for humanity, horrible with all the sicknesses and the deaths, but it has been a blessing in disguise for my company. Um, to really look at, you know, we, we scaled and grew to a pretty big number and then it just flatlined. And when something like that happens, you're able to look at what was going really great in the past. And then you can also see, Ooh, there's some moments in there that uh, we should really fix. And we have the time to fix it now as we're scaling back up and ramping back up. So um, it's been a, it's, it's been pretty amazing. Right. To take kind of like this, like um, almost like unexpected free time. It's like a weird way to phrase it. Cause we're all still working, but kind of just like, it is not, you know, I I'm busier than ever, right. so, but I have the time to focus in different, in different areas rather than working in the business or on the business in the way that I did before. Right. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of us are more like on the ground and now we're kind of like, okay, I can sit and focus in my office. Um, as you mentioned, COVID has kind of like affected everyone and 2020 has been like a really interesting year for all of us. Is there anything you would have redone or were you really happy with the growth of your business? And I know you kind of did touch on that, but you know, we're talking August, 2019 to now. Like, what it, what is the question? Would I have done something, the reaction to COVID differently or would I have created a different kind of business? Would you... Is there any decision you made in your business in the past year that you would have redone or changed? Oh, sure. I mean, we were so focused on um, volume, gross revenue, you know, the big number. Um, I really wasn't paying attention too much about um, profits and margins. And um, I mean, we weren't throwing money out the window and spending in a ridiculous way, but I was focused on the wrong number. And so now we're focused on gross margin. And I'm even taking it a step further. 
uh, in the company and talking to my employees on our weekly meetings about gross revenue. We're not even saying the big number because it's really irrelevant. It's very relevant for certain things like, oh, how big is that company? Or are you on the Inc. 5000 list, which we are, thankfully. Um, but it would be really interesting to do an Inc. 5000 list on gross margin or even net income. <laughs> That'd be a whole different list. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you developed any processes that have really helped your business grow or grow its reach? Um, so that's one of our elements of our secret sauce is that we did, we do high, a high volume amount of events because of the entertainment division. And um, maybe let's see in 2012 or 13, I saw that we were doing a lot of repeatable things. Um, you know, you would email me, I'd write it down in a book. If you needed a contract, then I would type it in Microsoft Word and convert it to a PDF and send it to you. Then you would print it out, sign it by hand, send it back with a check. I mean, it was just so much. And so I created a system and a process within Salesforce that allowed us to do, to, to really produce 777 events in one year with just two people in operations. So now we automate anything that's repeatable so that the high touch moments that we need to have with our clients, we're completely ready for. Right. Instead of like focusing on like essentially the minutiae right, yeah. and the paperwork. So as we talked about your business and how it's come to essentially this point now, where do you see it in the next three to five years? Well, we're going to have two extra bustling uh, divisions uh, because of COVID. So one of them is, so before COVID, we had event production, which means we would produce from A to Z the entire event, including the entertainment catering venue. And then we also had the entertainment division, which was actually much bigger in revenue than the other one. Um, and that means we're putting in entertainment into other people's events or our own. Then we've now got a virtual division. So we're doing virtual entertainment for other people's events, but we're also producing virtual events and including our own entertainment. Of course, there's some events that don't have entertainment, but most events should have something, an element of surprise or wow, amazing. And then we just opened our new promotional marketing division, which is like a high-end premium gifting and branded promotional items um, division. So I see in the next three to five years, our business scaling back up when we can do in-person events and just being bigger because I think hybrid events with virtual will always be, you know, part of the, of the RFP process. And I think people will do both. Um, so we'll be ready, locked and loaded to, to do all of that. Right. And so you've mentioned that you guys are developing two new aspects of your business. So what does success kind of look like in 2021? I know we talked about three to five years down the road, but what does next year look like? That's three months down the road. So next year. So my, my estimation of when we're going to be able to do in-person events on a large scale, which is what we do with large events, isn't for another full year. So that's well into 2021. Yes. So success measurements are the number of RFPs that we're getting in and then how many of those go to contract. And then from that, how many just excellent events we're executing because that's for us the end goal is an excellent event. Um, I am looking now to put in some metrics for goals 
and um, sort of like quotas, which we did not, we just scrapped everything in March up until now because it was just survival mode. We just, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know how long we would have until we could get into person, you know, in-person events. And thankfully we dove headfirst into virtual immediately in March, but we didn't know how amazing that was going to be for us because it's going to be an extension. It's going to be an extended time. So I think, you know, the more events that we execute that are excellent is really a metric. And then for the um, promo marketing division, funny enough, one of our, so we're really just marketing to our event clients. Most people that have an event have like a tote bag with their brand on it or glasses or lip balm or, you know, different things like that. So basically almost every sector buys promo items, right? Pens, the scrap, you know, pads of paper with their name on it. So we have had some great luck in selling branded masks to one of our corporate clients that then parlayed into them asking if we could provide PPE. So now we're providing to this company, having nothing to do with events or entertainment, um, these nitrile gloves, 300,000 of them for this company. And so to go from event and um, entertainment production to selling large-scale PPE is quite a leap. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm just kind of going to go where the river takes me. And, you know, if it's something that's so completely outside of our ability, I will suggest somebody else or another company. But it's pretty cool to see what comes to us. Right. And like what you can do with those requests and like, what can, what can we do? I think that's really cool. So um, let's talk about your goals for 2021 because we kind of talked about what success looks like. So like what goals are you like reaching towards and um, like what steps are you taking to get there in your business? I have said um, before a couple of weeks ago that I didn't think that we could get to our past revenue um, until we could do in-person events. And I'm not sure that that's true. Now, I don't think I'm going to set the bar that high um, just, just so I don't drive everyone in my company and myself crazy. But now I think I can set some goals that are close to what we did before. And I think as the months go by and I see what the traction is and the ramp up and then the tipping point um, to see if I can have this incredibly um, healthy company doing virtual events and entertainment and marketing. And then when in-person comes back, look out. Like it's, it'll be very plentiful. So, you know, like I use that number 777 events. Like that's a lot of events. Um, and now with the reality of no one being able to meet in person, that number of virtual events, while it, is a little crazy and not everyone is hopping on the virtual event bandwagon yet. I see more and more people going, Oh yeah, we better do those virtual events. So I could see that number really getting up there in a year from now. Right. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And I think that it's uh, really cool that you were able to pivot your business in a way that still benefited you without very too much of a loss of revenue or anything like that. And as we're nearing the end of our interview, because 20 minutes goes by really fast, I have one final question for you, which is how can our listeners and community jump on board to help you reach those goals next year? 
Well, I would say if you work at any company, there's always an event of some sort, team building, a fundraiser. Um, so if anyone needs that, I would love to be the first person that they call. And then if everyone does that, I will probably meet and exceed my goal. Awesome. Where can we find you? So the core website is entireproductions.com. The marketing website is entireproductionsmarketing.com. And then my personal website that has information about my past career as a musician and all my records are up there, my speaking engagements, and a book that I'm um, about to publish is natashamiller.biz. Awesome. Thank you so much, Natasha. I'm excited to see what you put out next year. And I loved chatting with you about your business today. And it was wonderful having you on the podcast. Thank you, Katie. so much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your favorite social network. If you do that, just be sure to tag us with a hashtag leverage to scale. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and pick one winner from each platform. What do you win? We are going to promote you and your business to all of our social media fans totally free. Next, if you thought this was a valuable use of your time, please support the show and give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. I believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. My name is Amber Vilhauer, and I thank you so much for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being a part of the No Guts, No Glory movement.